So, David. Oh, Michelle. Hi. How are you? I had so much fun with Jack last week. Oh, Jack the Insider, what an incredible guy. Yeah. We should take him off pause. We've had him on pause a whole week. Yeah, he should be um, fine. I think we sent him some food. Didn't you send him some jam? Uh, I sent him a mango chunk. Yeah, be. okay. He'll be fine. So we're going to tuck into more conversation. We spoke about the soap sits and then we kind of got into Trumpism and a lot of the Republican movement, the anti-vax movement. Look, it was a great chat. and it's I think chat. I think let's finish it off this let's week. Let's do it right now. You're listening to I Spy, the anti-vaxxer of Australian intelligence. Some bleach. Oh, uh, bleach. Yeah, I haven't actually had any this morning. Could have been Vimecton. Yeah. Oh, with Peter Evans. Peter Evans in his lab. Oh my god, activated almonds. It's so good. My skin's burning. Mental health. Does mental health play an aspect in this? Look, it's always difficult, and I think you know people make you know when when they use terms like cookers and so forth. Yeah. They, they are doing this terrible assumption that that many of us make that people are suffering mental health problems. I mm. mean, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I'm not trying to identify these things and certainly not from, you know, from a, from a two-sentence response on Twitter. Uh, I, I just simply say that these groups, call them, if we want to call them soft-sits or if we want to call mm. them incels or if we want to call them anti-vaxxers, these people have been manipulated online by groups that really mean to do them harm, are mm. basically in the business of generating money and clout. And so it's it's driven by this, Dave, you mentioned there, anti-government thing, but there's this sort of anti-science um, yes, very position much so. that, that says, yes, you can cure cancer by drinking bleach. Yes, you can, you know, and, and, and people will, you know, if, if you've suffered cancer, and I'm, I'm still under a cancer diagnosis myself, you know, it's tempting... To, to, to go away from the hard, really hard decisions about about a serious illness like mm. that. So those people can get dragged in. As I said, you know, your yoga instructor, yeah. your yoga instructor is now starting to babble about the world being run by a cabal of Jewish bankers. I mean, yeah. these people are clearly being manipulated. It's okay to be sceptical about all that we know and understand, but... Once you once you fall into that business of I mistrust government, I mistrust science, I mistrust technology, mm. then you are wide open to all these sorts of things. Yeah, I had um, um, during the pandemic had a best friend who was an anti-vaxxer and, you know, look, we'd have lots of open conversations and it was just always interesting to me that people believe that there is this higher thing going on that we're not all fully aware of, but they're they're aware of it. The deep um, state. Yeah, the deep state. But Joe Rogan had a lot to do with it as well. So it's this kind of people of influence. And many times Joe Rogan would say things that were completely untrue and inaccurate. So you have these he people does a with bit lots of that. Of, yeah, so mm. you have these people with lots of influence saying things that are believed. Just asking questions. Yeah. yeah. I'm just asking questions. No, 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 I don't say that. I'm just asking <laughs> yeah. questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, a very common thing. I've seen Rogan be perfectly rational objective. Yes. And then, then he'll have another guest on and, and he, look, he's, he's not a journalist. He's not a, no, you know, he's an entertainer. a trained interviewer. So he just allows a lot of things just roll in there and, and that, that can be a problem. But, that look, that's just one element. Disinformation is simply everywhere. As yep. to what its cause is, whether it's Russian bots, and there's surely say. a number of Russian <laughs> bots. I mean, we talked about this, Dave. I just want to quickly say this. Five years ago, yes, con- you know, the conservative right were wringing their hands about the death of Western civilization. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. That the Islamif- Islamification of Europe was well underway mm. and Western civilization was 
was being lost. I was getting fitted out for a burqa already. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a bad look for you. And, um, it suits him. <laughs> but now a lot of the so-called conservative right, not all of them, of course, Boris Johnson, for all his many faults, never got Ukraine wrong again, mm. never got Ukraine wrong at all. Um, but a lot of these conservatives, so-called uh, identifying, self-identifying conservatives, are now saying we support Russia. Because yeah. they're Christian, yeah. And, so that, and that's just in the space of five years. Yeah. So, that, so, so, you know, I mean, we can, we can talk darkly about some of the really important, really significant influences around the world, some of them running big technology companies and some of them who have run big technology companies and what they're about. And they're about essentially driving a fascist objective. Yes, uh, and look, what it comes down to, I mean, ultimately, P.T. Barnum summed it up with the sucker is born every minute. People yeah. will buy into what they want to hear. If I'm feeling disenfranchised, if I think that think that the government's done me wrong and then someone turns around and says, well, actually, there's this there's this conspiracy going on and the, the government's against you and you should never trust the government. We had a yeah. prime minister, an ex-prime minister, days after losing the job, get up in front of a uh, an audience and say, you should never trust the government. Don't trust so government. He was mm. right personally about his own government. But really when you've got that kind that level of influence and mm. whatever happened to him in, in the election, he still is a person of influence. We have to acknowledge that. For him to get up and say something like that is utterly irresponsible. Well we still well we we're seeing it right now as well with Elon Musk when after he bought Twitter and you know, he has access to millions of people. And the, some of the things that he says, like he, he claimed that someone who used to work for Twitter, who was high up in Twitter, was a pedophile. Yeah. And he, he's using that kind of rhetoric. Now that person's had to had to leave their house, they were getting death threats. So mm. he just tweets something and it's out there and then that just gets filtered down into people who actually believe this is true. Yeah, like all free speech absolutists, they, yeah. they also seem to be big on punishment, and big on big state, big on the strong man leadership. Yes, he says that concept. a lot. There's a lot of rhetoric around strong man. Trump was a strong man. He was a macho mm. man. Yeah, so, so really what we have is, I mean, it, it, it's like... Scientology, and it's not like Scientology. Mm. But there, there are. This is this is you know there are particular characteristics of of cult like behaviour going on here, and of course the people who manage the cults, whether it's QAnon, whether it's the anti-vax groups, and we know that there are a very small number of people driving all of that misinformation around anti-vaccination. Um, uh, whether it's those people, they are the beneficiaries of all of this. But then, then we have the people underneath them who are the cult followers, and it's really hard to know how to get them back. I mean, we've all got experience of this. You guys, in particular, have had experience of very close friends, and you don't want to lose them. And I noticed, Michelle, you were saying, look, you continue to engage. I think that's really important yeah. that you continue to engage and you continue to be respectful. Yeah, I mean, I mean we, we had a lot of respectful, open conversations and that's kind of what got us through that. And to be honest, there were points that she was making, which, you know, years after we're sifting through kind of the repercussions and the fallout from it, you know, some of those points were correct. Like not everything she was saying was crazy. I was just trying to play it from, you know, this is this is kind of the way we had to move forward. Yeah. I'll be honest with you and say I wasn't tolerant. I got to the point where I actually said I don't need this shit anymore and that did not help the situation. And we're currently in a a moment of, shall we say, impasse. And, yeah, uh, yeah. 
Cold War. Mm. The bridge has to be built and, you know, if I have to be the person that starts building that bridge, that's my job. And I think Mm. that's uh, one of the things we do need to take away is if somebody gets to the point where it's like, I just can't stand this anymore, sorry, you're just going to have to stand it if you you want to save them from this. And it is. It's a cult-like thought. But you have to engage with them and I think too too many times, especially with these groups, we shut them down, we don't allow them to speak. I think we really just need to start engaging and having conversations whether we agree with it or not. And that's an interesting point. But it's very difficult. It it is extremely difficult. Look, the conditional release program, part of its raison d'etre is to basically mock, not so much, not mock the influences. I'm more than comfortable with mocking the influences behind this. Because they're the ones, they're the ones who are actually causing all these problems. And you do it really well. You and Joel are doing a bang up job with your um, mock. Um, yeah, well, we, we do enjoy them. And I, I, look, but yes, you do have to be respectful. You do have to give people a pathway back. Mm. They may not take it. That's that's yeah. the thing. I mean, we're getting more and more information about. See, I, I believed. I wrote, you know, basically even even a year ago, I was saying. This will kill the anti-vaccination movement. COVID vaccines will kill the anti but I was completely wrong yep. about that. They've come back harder than ever. Now we've been taught, oh, no, but we didn't know about transmissibility. They didn't say that it wasn't transmissible and what were vaccine mandates all about. Well, basically, that's because transmissibility could not be determined in the space of two years. Yep. What we saw in terms of vaccines is an absolute miracle. We mm. just had the collapse of a of a um, of, of a clinical trial, level three clinical trial into HIV, yeah. um, and and these things are really really um, difficult to resolve. What we had was almost a miracle, a scientific miracle, yeah. if you like. And now more and more, now people are saying, "Oh, look at all these! Look at all these heart attacks." Um, no, well, look at all the heart attacks. Anyone who died, any yes. celebrity dies. Yeah. They're like, they're questioning it. They're they like died. Priscilla Presley. They're like, mm, she had COVID. <laughs> Anyone. Like- I mean, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth yes. was he, he was ninety two. You know, he's not expected totally. to live, but but you know, he of course died because of the vaccine. I mean, it it, it is absolutely crazy. The 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 broader point is that the more and more that we're looking at COVID is not so much vaccines, but um, because vaccines have assisted people yep. um, uh, reduce their symptoms and so forth. But mm. the second, third and subsequent infections of COVID are causing all these, uh, uh, may well be, I wouldn't say conclusively, mm. may well be the cause of what we're seeing as a spike of unanticipated deaths. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say as well, like what I see, particularly in my Twitter feed. You've got the anti-vaxxers, but I'm seeing a higher prevalence of COVID fear-mongerers, people who are saying, yeah. like, we still need, like Karen Phelps, for example, you know, who who was part of our federal government briefly and was head of the AMA, who also I think are crazy. But Karen Phelps has this whole group of people who truly believe that we should be shutting things down and that schools need to be shut down and, you know, people are dying. Well, she, I mean, she came, she came forward, she made a parliamentary uh, submission to a Senate uh, to a Senate inquiry on, on Australia's pandemic response mm. uh, about vaccine injury. And it's clear that her wife suffered certainly from what uh, yeah. Dr Phelps says were, were clear injuries. We shouldn't ever ignore vaccine injuries. No. We shouldn't ever do that. We should be absolutely upfront about yes. it because honesty is the is the only way forward on this sort of stuff. We know that a number of people have died as a result of the mRNA vaccines. That's terrible. I mean, I think... And I don't want to use the number, but I think 14 is the number. Yeah. But then there have been a number of people who suffered 
quite significant vaccine injuries. We shouldn't shy away from that. We should acknowledge that the the, the miracle that was COVID vaccines, but you know the anti-vax movement. There's been a serious backlash, and now people are starting to think, "Oh, gee, I don't want to get a booster." You know, particularly in high-risk categories, people with uh, people with pre-existing uh, medical conditions or a certain age, of course, mm. certain vintage, mm-hmm. because there's a, a lot of misinformation around about the boosters in particular. So this group, they're never going to go away because the grift is real and yes. the grift must be ongoing. It's a business model. Yeah, yeah. And that is then causes, it creates a very interesting conundrum for our security organisations, the police, ACO, mm. the problem being that, you know, how do you, curtail how do you watch the grift how do you pick up the lone wolf that's trapped in that grift and then make sure you either diffuse or at least maintain vigilance on them and this is the real problem is we don't know how to define it it's gone to the days of jim salim you know yeah. firing at eddie fundy's house when now we're talking about some serious seriously yeah. difficult they wore uniforms dave they were easy to spot yeah yeah um, brown shirts uh, are easy to spot in the crowd nazis nazis don't wear uniforms yeah, ross made the skull and all those guys um they were always fine yeah. fine but yeah. now it's it's ordinary people. It was a principal of a primary school, for God's sake, mm. who died in a shootout. Yeah, and, that, yeah. and that's, what, that's what I'm saying. I was saying earlier and touching on the fact that this is now becoming a problem that is affecting everyday people that you thought. I, I think for me, it's like the, these are people that I thought, I think they're quite rational people. Yeah. So how do they think like this? Yeah. So it's just really, it's fascinating that rational people or people I think are quite rational can truly believe some of the outlandish things they believe. Yeah. Well, did we see any of the um, the misinfo that came out in the wake of the Wayambula attack? And, and and it was immediately that, that this was a contrived deep state operation mm. and mm-hmm. it was either a fabrication, entirely f- fabricated, or the trains actually had been executed by police. There were no, crisis actors involved. For no or, reason. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So we can't really stop the disinformation. You know, you would have seen your Twitter feeds gone to hell since, mm. since Elon Musk has taken over and maybe maybe it's time for people on mass to move along from that. But, but at the same time, wherever disinformation runs, Telegram is absolutely dripping with it. Mm. Um, all these social media things, it's like a, a game of whack-a-mole that where you, you sort of tidy one up or tidy one up or Facebook bans certain things or Instagram bans certain things. They're going to pop up anyway. And, and, and so the way you deal with this, I suppose, is rationally, yep. objectively and without scorn, uh, without yes. scorn for those people who have fallen in. But... For them, it's a long way back. Yeah, and I I think we kind of see America in particular with the midterms recently, all the Republican nominees that Trump had basically tapped on the shoulder and said, this should be your Republican nominee, hardly any of them got voted in. So you're you're seeing this kind of dwindling of support for this Trumpism. At at state level, a number number of sort of election truthers did get elected. Yes. um, but look, I mean, if you want a prediction for me for 2023, Donald yes. Trump will hit the ground, will hit the deck hard this yeah. year. There is no great desire for him within the Republican Party to no. to, to, go, to enter a primary, let alone win it. Well, he's and, facing and, charges in Georgia. Yeah, oh, he's, he's a he's a he's a legal mess at the yeah, moment. Yeah, he's a train wreck. 
Gee, you'd love to be one of his lawyers, wouldn't you? You'd be uh, <laughs> no, because you know, you're not going to buy an island later. But um, the pro- the problem with Trump is, and it's a good. This is the good news mm. that independent voters. I mean, there are registered Democrats, there are registered Republican yeah. voters. Independent voters, which which make up more than one third of the constituency now, are saying no. We don't want this guy. Yeah. And that means he, he becomes unelectable. And that means the Republicans don't want a bar of him. And and if he's, he gets indicted in Georgia, they'll be quietly rubbing their hands together while making public statements about him being subject to a witch hunt. Yeah. They uh, they will they will want to see him hit the deck. And DeSantis is, a, mm. is more of your typical Republican uh, yeah. leader. So things might be reaching a little bit more of sort of a normalised situation in the United States. Yeah, and what a lot of American commentators are saying is that Trump isn't really even running because he wants to it's run. He's the it's, grift. A, it's a it's a legal it's, it's a legal grift. strategy. And a well, it's it's a legal strategy, but it's also a grift. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because it's like he's always asking for money. But it's all he's just always asking for money. <laughs> I mean, did you see his NFTs? <laughs> like, oh God, I, I give me one of those that just to wipe my backside on. Now the the thing about Trump, and again, it goes back to the Reichsberg thing. Not so much the coup in Peru, but certainly what happened in Brazil. Was there what that because of Trumpism there has been an enabling of that kind of reaction that massed yeah, most definitely disruption and you know removing Trump I don't think removing Trump from the equation is going to quell it so much people now have it in mind that they're enabled to do that they can do that it's an option again it really comes down to how and I'm really going to be interested with the ASIO annual report this year how ASIO now redirect and refocus their tasking in such a way that they can target the people that are almost invisible. Well, let me ask you, Dave. I mean, mm. are, are you confident that this is happening? I would say, yeah. I mean, from all okay. the scuttlebutt you've had the last couple of years coming from Mike Burgess, he's been very much along the lines of our focus has been shifting further and further towards the uh, to right-wing now yeah. political and ideological radicalisation. He's moved that way a lot further, all right? But where – I mean – I always found ASIO to be quite a socialist little organisation to be a member of, <laughs> mainly because we had to look after each other. But it really comes down to the political will as well. What political will we have, you know, in Parliament that's also going to say this needs to be addressed? Yeah, and and again, we've still got this issue with aversion from our political leadership to, mm. that, that says we don't want to acknowledge that that there are significant rifts in our society, that there are significant risks. Uh, attached with just our next door neighbours. Yeah. And look, you know, I mean, there was a suggestion there that everyone should apologise to everyone else after, you know, in, in the wake of the pandemic. Mm. You know, that we all should apologise and stuff. I don't know how that works. What I do, what I would note is that after the Spanish influenza um, pandemic, that killed so many more people. By yep. the way, yes. Once it ended, everyone just went back to their lives. I mean, it came in the wake of a, a massive uh, military cataclysm as well, a massive war, World mm. War One, the Great War, uh, and then the pandemic, of course. But everyone just w- went back and got on with their lives. We simply can't say the same thing this time after this pandemic, um, whether we've finished it or not. It, we we are not getting back with it. We are not getting back onto our back on with our lives. We are. Um, uh, we are still, you know, uh, we're still messing around with some of the big, big problems that we've got, you know, just socially, socially, politically. Yeah. Well, I mean, the internet has a lot to do with that. People yeah, are more it connected. Does. 
Yeah, Everyone. and also I do. I just like to apologise to everyone that I'm, I exist. Sorry, <laughs> shouldn't I just? I, and yeah. I, I said this quite often to many people. I'm like, you got to realise these politicians were dealing with it in real time. No, not, no one had answers, mm. and mistakes were going to be made. Of oh, course, the, the, there were decisions being made by government that would normally take two years. It yes. had yeah. to be made in a day. Yes. Yeah. And you know they're going to make mistakes. And, and I think overall we got things pretty right. Yeah, I would agree with that. For, for example, I don't understand why they brought in, you know, I think Victoria did and the New South Wales didn't, um, construction, you know, mandates for, for vaccines for construction workers. I mean, what, what was all that about? That was all, all a bit nuts. I mean, you know, and, and then the lockdown that had a curfew attached. What was all that about? Oh, I mean, well, that's just. Also, being living in Bondi, we weren't allowed to go to the beach. They shut the beach down. I know. Ultimately, I mean, it was because we don't know what to do, so we're going to throw the kitchen that's sink. That's right. Out. Yeah, and, we're gonna, and then and, Elon and, Musk walked in with the kitchen sink and spoiled everyone's freaking fun online. Um, <laughs> so well, look, we made we made a lot of mistakes. We got a lot right too because we've got pretty pretty low death rate yep. per yeah. hundred thousand people in in this country. We got a fair bit right, but we got a bit wrong too. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, I could chat to you all day. We've taken up a lot of your time. We have. Oh, I know. It's been lovely. I've really enjoyed it. I know. Um, it's we, good. We, we sort of wanted, probably should have talked a little bit more about self-sits, but but we understand the broad idea. That this sort of freedom movement is not, not, not growing, but it's basically becoming more and more diffuse. And it's adopting these principles that that mean you're not liable. You don't have to live under the laws of the land. And that's where it gets a bit dangerous. It's no care, no responsibility. So before you go, I just want to quickly ask, you you talked about your prediction. What would be your prediction in this area for this year? Is this going to be something that's going to come to a head? It's going to get worse before it gets better. And I hope that Dave is right, that, that, that our intelligence and security services are across this. Sometimes I think I'm not sure about that. Yeah, but Bur- Burgess is quite across. He's very interested in like the telecommunication aspect of it, like the internet. How is yeah. that being used? The cyber side of it, but yeah. still, there is the human element. Jack, thanks so very much for joining Good us. Good on you, mate. Yes, we'd love to. Real have pleasure. You back. Thank you, Michelle. Good yeah. stuff. Well, oh my god, I'm exhausted. That was like a big chat with Jack. There's so much to unpack there, I'm, and I think I'm we shattered. need to have him back. Yeah, we do. We do. We look. He's. Uh, and for anyone, if you want to enjoy more, Jack, listen to the uh, conditional release program. Yeah. It's available wherever you get your podcast. It's really, really good. I know. And it's a bit confusing. We call him Jack, but it's Peter. And, and it's Peter, Peter and Jack. Yeah, and you know. you'll, you'll figure it out. Yeah. But basically, uh, oh, man, we're back. We are back. How back with a bang. Feel? Woo!